1: Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hi there, Mike out from the Voices of the Vic podcast. In this episode, myself and Ben spoke to former Watford FC striker Marlon King, who was instrumental in the club's 2005-06 season as Watford FC returned to the Premier League for the first time since the 1999-2000 season. Myself and Ben would like to put on record that we do not condone anything that occurred in Marlon's personal life in the past. And we simply wanted to get a viewpoint on an amazing season for the Hornets that season and also for Marlon as he finished the league top goal scorer with twenty-one goals. We really hope you enjoy this episode and we also hope you understand why we wanted to get that viewpoint. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy. Yes, hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and as always my co-host Ben Ayton. Now, you've had one ex-player interview from us which was Paul Robinson. Uh, We hope you enjoyed that one very, very much Uh, and now it's for the second um, ex-player interview in this international break because international break's rubbish Um, and pleased to announce that we're actually joined by ex-Watford striker Marlon King. Now, Marlon, thank you very much for coming on. How's, uh, how's life treating you at the moment? Is, is COVID a, a big thing over in uh, Zambia, is it, where, where you're living at the moment?
0: Yeah, I mean, Zambia, um, it's not too bad, to be fair. Numbers are relatively low. Um, it's not like the UK um, and the rest of Europe. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it's weather-based. It's really, really hot here. So, you know, the COVID don't really get a chance to settle. So it hasn't been such a a panic in terms of the rest of the world, luckily. But obviously, with you guys and my family and friends over there, I just hope you guys are safe, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And hopefully it stays that way over there for you guys. Um, let's get straight into it. Obviously, you joined Watford in 2005. It initially, was on loan from Nottingham Forest. How how did the move come about?
0: Um, to be fair, um, <laughs> I met Adrian Boothroyd. Um, at Leeds, because from Forest, I went to Leeds on loan for like the last six, seven games. Mm. Um, and he was um, first team coach. He took the kind of training sessions under Kevin Blackwell. Yeah. So, um, obviously, the players that weren't playing in the, I think we had like Rob Hulse, Aaron Lennon. I mean, the Leeds squad was quite strong at the time. Um, and then when I got there, I was played on the wing. You know, it was just to kind of see out the season. So, um AD always took he always took like the training sessions um, and he always used to say to me look what, what's happening and ask me questions about what's going on I might have something coming up in the summer which you kind of you take it on but you you, you don't really because I didn't know much about AD at the time yeah um, so I went back to forest uh, finished my loan at Leeds went back to forest um, and then I had a few options um, and then I' got a phone call from AD, said so he got the what for job um, and he'd love me to come down there and, and, and take a look and, and see what he's doing and sold me the dream and uh I ended up signing on loan because I think at the time um, it was a loan with the option to purchase but I also went to speak to Wolves and Cardiff I met Glenn Hoddle um, at that time because they just got relegated um, so they'll, they'll, they had Paul Lintz and a few other players um, but when I spoke to Aidy, it was kind of, I had that bond, He's, the players he was talking about bringing in, you know, everyone um, had a point to prove and they just wanted to make me his number nine. So that kind of sold it for me and I was sort of oh, back down to Hertfordshire as well, which is London, which I'm where I'm from and I thought it was a perfect kind of suit.
2: You endured a bit of a tough time at struggling forest side, it looks like. It was uh, 10 goals in 50 appearances and then you came to Watford online and hit the hit the ground running. you got 12 goals in 21 games. What was the difference at Watford? Um, I think at
0: the time that I, I... I wouldn't recommend any player to move in January. Um, and I kind of left to go Forest. Um, and if you look at my moves in January, they've never kind of worked out. You you need that full pre-season, you know, to, to join a club. Um, I'm making any excuse. It didn't work out for me at Forest. And I would have liked it to make it. To, for me to enjoy myself there but that's just football and I think when I got to Forest it was kind of like oh it was kind of like oh big club because I remember I came from the non-league yeah. through Barney up to, to Gillingham so I was used to the, the lower leagues and then I got to the championship I was feeling my feet and then I got to the Forest and I was a bit not taken back but it was kind of like, and then they had, we had like uh, Marlon Hill would just left. um, And then David Johnson and a few other players that had, I didn't really get a chance to settle. And, you know, if anybody, you know anything about Forest, you know, it's quite, it's it's a big club and the fans, if you don't hit the ground running, you know, can get on you. And um, I think that's kind of what happened to me and I just saw my time out there and then they had an influx of managers, um, Joe Kinnear, Gary Megson, um, and I just never really hit it off there, you know. It was, I was going through the motions and then I think Watford came about the right time and then obviously the rest is history, really.
1: Yeah, you mentioned there, um, you know, you couldn't really get the right flow, but you didn't waste any time getting stuck in at Watford. As Ben mentioned there, 12 goals in 21 games. It's actually four in your first four games. Um, at what stage did you think, yeah, th- this is right for me, I-, I can do something here?
0: I think pre-season. I'll be honest, it was, um, it just felt right. The, the, the gaffer um, just had a bond and just the feel of the club. Um, and to be honest, when I first got there, the, the fans, there wasn't much excitement because you guys had let go, I think, Hyder Helgensen, Webbs left. Um, so it was a bit of doom and gloom. And then AD himself, he was an, un, he was an unknown quantity Um so it was like, we wasn't sure. And then I think Watford that season were relegation favourites, if correct we me was, if I'm wrong. Yeah, we was. We yeah, was. It, was like, it was week by week and then he was the gaffer was bringing in different players. And if you look at the players he brought in, it was players that had a point to prove. And if you speak to Jay De Merrick, speak to Hendo, just came from, I think, either Reading or Gillingham. Mm-hmm. um Jordan Stewart came from Leicester. People where they felt like they weren't wanted and then the gaffer We just all kind of um, fed into his philosophy and his way of thinking and he just put a team together with the current players, with Youngie, um, Maka, uh, Mariapa and then brought in an influx of you know experience and just meshed it really well and we all kind of felt like, OK. But I would say the Sheffield United game away, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun. I felt like at that
2: point, I thought, OK, we are a team to be reckoned with. That was literally going to be my next question, Marlon. You've read my mind. I was going to say, was there a moment or a game in the season when you thought, yeah, we're in for a run in here. We're going to get promoted. Obviously, you've touched on the, I think it was 4-1 away at Sheffield United. We we came back from behind at Norwich that season and won 3-2, Ninety-second minute. I think Springy got the goal. Was was Sheffield United that moment where you thought, yeah, we mean business. We're going to go up this season.
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think um, the fans as well. We started to get a bigger away support as well. I realised the fact that the Watford fans really started to make themselves like known in the league because if you look at, I always say this: that season, if you look at the players and the team, the teams that were in that league that season was probably one of the toughest. Seasons for any team to 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 either survive the league or get out of the league because majority of those teams are in the Premier League. I mean, Sheffield United, Leeds, Wolves, Palace, um, ourselves. And if you look at the players, that Andy Johnson, the Rob Hulse, it's all the you know all the players that were in around, they were like Clinton Morrison's. Um, it was a really really tough tough season, and um, I think. When we went to Sheffield United, um obviously Neil Warnock, you know, you read the programmes, you read you know his demeanour, you know what Warnock's like, he he's, he knows the league inside and out. And to go to Sheffield United and they had a, like pretty much a full a full house. They had Unsworth at the back, they had um so many good, good players. And um to go there and win the way we did, I, I felt like that's when that gave us that extra step.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot's made about Aidy Boothroyd and his approach and stuff he worked on. It's not the usual stuff a manager would work on. Would you say that in terms of that, he's the best coach or manager you've worked under in, in your career, or?
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say um, I'd say for um, man management because I've worked for quite a lot of managers and they all possess different um, skill sets. And I always say this: sometimes it's not about knowing the game like Arsene Wenger, um, where he's a technical genius, sometimes about having man management as well. And A V had a bit of, boot, um, bit of both. I mean, I class him as, as, a, as a family friend. You know, he's at my wedding. I think it was the only other day I was speaking to him. We still keep in contact. So he just knew when to put a rocket up someone's butt and when to put their arm, his arm around them. And that's the magic that he had. And if you look at the success of the 21s, at that time, the way we played, it wasn't attractive on the eye because you had Fozzie and goal. And the Gaffer knew he had one of the, the best, he was one of the best strikers of a goalkeeper in, you know, the league. Um, and he just utilised that and he brought in players that, that, that worked. I mean, it weren't the, the, the Guardiola style and it was the long ball kind of route it was probably the end of that kind of era. But it worked and he knew when to, to drop players, he knew when to bring players in and everybody that came in from Mariapa, from McNamee, from um, Al Bangora, players were getting dropped but they didn't walk around with, you know, they didn't spit their dummy out because everybody knew they was going to get their opportunity and when they did, everybody done their job, you know. So he just had that, that special kind of bond with the team.
2: Just quickly before I go into my next question, I think I saw something online saying uh, it was all like mind games as well, and trying to like psych out the oppositions. Is it true that uh, ad Brothroy sorted out like tunnel intimidation lessons for you guys? Um, yeah, I mean, look,
0: he 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 had this philosophy that we would beat a team um, before we actually got on the pitch. So, and we had characters like Jordan Stewart, um, Youngy, um, myself. You know, when Big Dan Shiu came in, we got into the tunnel um, and we pretty much, whether it was home or away, we were jumping up and down. We were, you know, we, we, we fed into that kind of whole mindset of we're, we're beating you. He would, he would tell us, look at your opposition. If you're playing up against a Butler at Leeds or Annsworth or, an or, or um, a Jagielka. Or a Lescott whoever it was, you're going to beat them before like you get in the tunnel you look at them and you make sure you from the first time you touch that ball you whether you touch them, you push them or whatever if you look at like certain players at like hendo um gavin um McMahon springy, their first tackles were like it was straight from the off, and he believed in that kind of mental mindset of beating the
2: opposition before the game had actually started, and that worked for us. You were the top goal scorer in the division in 2005 and 2006. How instrumental was it having like the players of like Ashley Young and Hendo alongside you? I think we had a look earlier. Combined, you guys scored 50 goals in the championship.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I tell this story all the time. I mean, Young is a really good power of mine and uh, he's gone on to have a fantastic career. But when I got to Watford, he was pretty much, and he would tell you himself, he was pretty much a trialist in the change room. And... Um, when the gaffer brought in certain players and started to give Youngie more of a free access and saw what he was capable of, he just grew in stature. And, you know, he's gone on to, to, to Captain Man United in England and play for at Milan. We had players, yeah, you know, Hendo was an absolute machine. Our, the whole squad was just, you know, everybody played their role. And then I think the fans as well fed in... So what we was doing, they weren't sure where the season was was going to go. But I think what played in our advantage was there was no expectation. So it was like, oh, okay, who's AD Bufroyd? Okay, Marlon King, he, he struggled at Forest. Okay, Hendo. Okay, And then as we went on, fans started coming more and more and more and more and more. And, more and then the chairman started investing more. And then said, you said, you guys have gone on to to grow as an established, an established, not an up and down, but an established Premier League club. And I think um, everybody fed into the whole philosophy is that we're all here to do a job for each other. There was no single player that was going to win the league or, or, or get us promoted. It was everybody's got a job to do.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned the Premier League, obviously. you know we, We've been in the Premier League the last five years before the relegation. Um, we got promotion that season thanks to a brilliant 3-0 win over Leeds uh, at the Millennium Stadium. Now, you touched on it earlier. Um, you went to Leeds on loan before you come to Watford's and you played under Kevin Blackwell. Uh, and you mentioned that you sort of played out on the wing. So, really, you sort of played out of position. When you was in that final in, at the Millennium Stadium... Was you thinking right? Let's show him what he's missed out on, or or did that not come into it at all? Was you just focused on getting the win for Watford?
0: I think we speak about it now. I think if you speak to Springy, I think if you speak to Hendo, even AD himself. I think if you if you in the back of the of the mind, you do think about it. But I think that went on when we played them home and away. Um, it was kind of a, I don't think it was just the playoff final, but they and I tell this story all the time, and I'm sure a lot of the boys will back me up. They kind of, I felt, and we felt that they kind of felt like they already won that playoff final because of the stature of their club. I don't know how those supporters saw it from the outside, but speaking to my wife and speaking to um, Nikki Young or, 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 or some of the other females, when they got to the stadium, like the players' lounge was, all the boxes were bought um taken you know, it was kind of like we were the smaller club. So, you know, we would take the back seat um, kind of thing. And then obviously the, their, their fan base is huge. But the gaffer had us, um, I'm sure you've, we've touched on this before, go to the stadium about two days before. We drove all the way up to Cardiff and he made us stay there and walk around the stadium when it was the tunnel, everything. So it was kind of premeditated what we was going to do. Then he put on the movie, put in any given Sunday. He had Al Pacino's speech, Gladiator. And then with the hotel, he had the hotel where we had a section to ourselves. And then he just had, like, he knew the boys liked to play table tennis and play. There was, um, you had Hammer Boatsa, like, they were having little uh, football games in the hallway. Me, Jordan, Youngy were playing table tennis. It was such a relaxed environment. We also knew our job. And then when we got to the stadium on the, the day of the game, it was a situation of like, we just we just zoned out. And it was like, it weren't so much a point to prove, but we weren't going to lose that game. That was our mindset. And I think, I'm sure Jay and Hendo touched on it. When we was in that tunnel, you could see the, that you could feel the aura and the atmosphere of the Watford players to the Leeds players. The Leeds players were kind of like tunnel vision. And we were just we were just bouncing we just we couldn't wait and it was just you know you relive these moments and it, you know it just doesn't leave
2: you you know how, how did it feel that day to win 3-0 and like get one over league and become a premiership player i think for the, the whole lot of us
0: it was you saw us at the end of the game because that pitch is massive and they were they were playing rugby on it during that season as well so it was really really heavy so a lot of the boys were like cramping up the last 10 15 minutes um, and even when I got the penalty, when I, when Springy put me through, um, it's really maybe from the the, the, the fans' um, standpoint, you couldn't see how muddy and heavy it was. It was really muddy. And then I checked back on, I think it was Sean Derry, um, and we got the penalty. And then to see that going because that two nil, it's still a little bit edgy. But then when Hundo scored the penalty, everybody kind of like, okay, let's just see it through. This is us now, you know. So um we all collapsed and we see you guys just celebrating. It was just an
2: amazing day, you know. How proud did it make you feel picking up the club's player of the season award that season as well?
0: Yeah, I think it just topped off on a magnificent season for me personally. And I just think for the whole the because whole, I think me and Youngy got in the P I'm not sure if, did Fozzie get in the PFA? I think I'm not sure if it was me, Youngy and Fozzie got in the PFA team of the Yes, it was It was good to have three um, players in from Watford in the PFA because, as I said, the players in that league that season have gone on to have very, very good Premier League careers or in and around the Championship have gone on to have solid careers. So it was a really, really tough season, you know. Um, even up to Plymouth away, you know, it was such a random mix of teams and everybody had a point to prove and nobody really knew where to place Watford because it was like, OK, well, a lot of ex-Premier League players have left. A bit of doom and gloom. Are they going to be relegated? Are they going to kick on? New manager, time to settle and all that stuff. So to end up the way we did, I think if you speak to any of the boys, and even if you speak to Youngy, he will tell you like that season was was quite special for him as well, as as well as everybody else.
1: Yeah, Ben mentioned there. You know, you were a Premier League player, and a bit like how your Watford career started, it didn't take you long to get going in the Prem. Uh, it was the second game in against West Ham at home, and still, what a corker of a goal it was! Um, was the general thought process from you? Yeah, I can do it at this level, with it being your first time as a Premier
0: League player. Yeah, no, I, I started to, I started to hit the ground running. I felt, I felt my my, my feet. Um, and then just obviously playing at the Vicarage Road, which which it started to be a full capacity stadium, and it was like everybody was turning out, um, and I just you could just see the boys just slowly growing into themselves, like okay this is where we belong, sort of thing, and um, even the Fulham game, um, which we we should we should have kind of won that game, but that was a learning experience and. Um, it was just, for me personally, it was an up and down season, um, but yeah, West Ham game, was a, was a, I would, I'd love to have had that goal, it being the winning goal, but obviously Bobby Z, he he, he he got an equaliser,
2: which was a bit unfortunate, but it's just one of those things. You suffered an injury away at Arsenal and in your return, I think you suffered a relapse and discovered that a bone plate away from your femur this kept you up for about six months. How did you keep yourself motivated and hungry for your return? Um, yeah, as I said, it was as I just touched. It was an up and
0: down season for me. Um, and you know, obviously being an Arsenal um, supporter, I just I just felt it go. I think I think I got through the game, but after the game, I just my knee just absolutely blew up, and then I went to see a specialist in Harley Street, and it wasn't just the case of well, oh, we're going to fix your knee. They were just saying that um, you might have to retire. Um, so it was I had my wife crying beside me you know my mom and stuff so it was it was pretty much it was highs and lows and then in my head I was like okay gotta get over it they've got their advice I've got my opinion let me work as hard as possible to, to get back and see if I can get a few games in before the end of the season and I just pushed myself I've told these stories a few times that I didn't I occupied my time. So after rehab and training, I didn't go home. Me and my wife were going to auctions because at that time, like the UK was was in um, a recession, so property prices were really really low. So me and my wife will be at auctions. We'll, we'll be looking at repossessions, and we, we bought quite a few properties because I thought, okay, I've got this income coming in. I'm injured. There's nothing else I can do. So let me invest my money and. And, and keep myself occupied and luckily I came back I think the last was it four games? I, I know I came on the Man United uh game yeah, was it FA Cup?
1: It was, yeah. That that was gonna be my, my next question actually. You, you you come on as a substitute uh against Man United in the FA Cup semi final at Villa Park. Um and I mean I, I didn't personally I didn't know that you when you went to see a specialist they so you said you, you're probably gonna to have to look at retiring. So considering they said that and then you was going all these auctions, etc. What I bet it was just a massive, massive sigh of relief that A was back, uh, and and B, you know, you, you were sort of playing in a big game, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I was. I was just buzzing to be back. I mean, the gaffer and 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 the, and the medical staff had to, to hold me back because, I, I, if I could have come back two months earlier, I would have. And um, there were quite some because they, all the programs they were giving me. It was like, that's it, I'm zoned out. Because sometimes, you know, when you're given a programme, you can switch off and, oh, no, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not, you know, but I was like, no, I was adamant. I want to get back. I want to finish the season and try and get myself back in the mix. Um, and it was very, very difficult to to see um, the other boys playing while you were injured on the prem. So it were not even just like the Championship where you caught it on... Um, earlier on on the championship football it was like match of the day. You had to watch the games and stuff and sitting at home and you're on the icing machine, you're on the, the, the bending machine and you're in the gym. It, it, it can be quite demoralising. So that's where you've got to be mentally tough to, to say, okay, no, let me focus because I, I still want to, I still want a part of that. But then in the back of my mind, I, I really need to, well, I was before, but I thought I really need to, just in case anything happens, I need to put myself in a position that if my career does end, I'm still comfortable. So that was kind of my, my, my process as well.
1: Yeah, and Ben, sorry, I know you've you've got a question lined up here, but I just want to say off the back of what you've said, obviously you have to watch the boys week in, week out, and we, we know that you're a confident player. Quick question, do you think had you been fit for the whole season, we would have stayed up? Because you were an instrumental player for Watford.
0: Um... I would like to think that I could have played a role. I, I felt I could have at least got myself 10, 15 goals that season.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and if you ask any any team um, in and around um, the lower half or in the Prem, you need a striker or you need a player that's going to, that's going to give you that 10, 15 plus to kind of, and then everybody else chips in to to, to get points here and there. And I felt like, you know, with Youngy scoring and, and, and Amma scoring and, like getting little results here and there I felt like I would have gone on to to to, to get 15 that season
2: we, we touched on earlier at the start that you're living over in Zambia now is there any plans for you to get back into football now? Um, no not at all um,
0: to be honest I, even when I was playing I never had no aspirations to be a coach which is funny enough I think um, I've always appreciated what the game has done for me but I'm always I've been the person that's I, I want to challenge myself to something else um and I just ain't got the patience guys I'll be honest I, <laughs> I ain't got a patient approach and I look at you know I just I just think to myself like um with what's happened in my career my life my ups and downs I've never had the the, the comfort to to kind of just put all my eggs in one basket so whenever I've either I've been in trouble or I've been injured, I've always, in the back of my mind, I've always been investing in other things outside of the game. So whether it's an injury that might end my career, I've always thinking, okay, this is my, this is a direction that I might have to take outside of football. Um, so, you know, I've got my own construction company, real estate company now. So it's I don't really um, focus too much on the whole coaching side. I mean, whether it's charity or bits and bobs, I'll try my best to, to 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 play a role. But I just believe life's bigger than football, you know. That's just my personal not my personal opinion. And as I said, with the, the whole COVID situation, it just shows you that things can just change just like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, indeed. Uh, we're going to finish the interview off with just a couple of quick-fire questions, uh, starting with your favourite goal for Watford.
0: Uh, it's a tough one. Right, Championship, I've got to say, Palace... Um, away because the play-offs. Of the playoffs. Um, just to get the ball rolling, we was getting hammered, and then Young and Springy popped up two class goals, and then Prem's got to be uh, Watford. Um, sorry, West Ham. Yeah. Um, against uh, Roy Carroll. Um, so those are my my two, but there are others that I felt were quite decent. <laughs>
2: Good quality goals. I'll, I'll put the goal against Luton in just because it was against Luton. What was your favourite game for Watford? Uh, Favourite game,
0: Sheffield United away. Just, you know, and I know Warnock's tried to sign me for a few times. Mm-hmm. So we've always had discussions, uh, me and him, we've always had like a personal kind of. Thing going so to always whether he be at Palace or she- Sheffield United or Cardiff, he's always kind of give me a call or whatever. So that 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 game um, away against two really centre halves, I think Jagielski has obviously gone on to have a great career. Um, and I, I know Unsworth got sent off, but we we absolutely annihilated them, which I uh, enjoyed that game.
1: I think I know the answer for the next question but I'm going to ask it anyway. Most talented player you've played with at Watford?
0: Yeah, I, I, for me personally, I'd say Youngie. I wouldn't say he's the most talented player I've played with over my career but for Watford and what he'd done um, in terms
2: of the system goals which he's gone on to do in his career, that's an obvious one. Who is the most talented player you've played with in, in your whole career then? Uh, you guys are not going to believe it but I've got a, a, you know, I've got
0: somebody like Sir Alex Ferguson to back me up and say Ravel Morrison, um, and and everybody would, you know, I've played with a lot of quality players, but in terms of natural ability, you know, when you hear Ferguson say like he is the, the most natural, gifted player to come out of Man United, with players like uh, Lingard and Pogba, he is um he's unbelievable. I was at Birmingham with him and he he done stuff that just wasn't normal. And, it's just frustrating not to see his career kind of kick on. But if you say for like natural talent, he would have to be the best.
1: Yeah, you hear a lot of people say that about Ravel, Ravel Morrison. Uh, and then just lastly, who's the toughest opponent you've ever faced for for any
0: club? Um, I've got to say Vidic. Yeah, I've got to say Vidic. It, you know, you play you play against players like. Um, you know, the, the Ferdinands and the Terry's and stuff. But Vidic, he's he's just an old school defender. He he's no nonsense. You you know, majority of the games he comes off bloody head bandages. And even when the ball's not not near you, he's elbowing you, he's just horrible. But he's he's the sort of person if you want him to go to war, that's the sort of guy you'd want you you'd want beside you. They should have put him in Universal Soldier with um Dolph Lundgren and uh jean Crawford Van Damme. The guys are just <laughs> a machine,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think a lot of players would probably agree with you had have, have they uh, gone up against him. But no, that's brilliant. Thank you very, very much for your time today, Marlon. We really do appreciate it. And hope the, um, the business side of things, as you said, you've got, um, you've got your own company. Hopefully that's not being affected too much by COVID. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on today. Anytime, guys. You're welcome. Thank you.